One in 10 expected cancers were not diagnosed in 2020, the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic. That's equivalent to 2,600 people. And it's according to the Irish Cancer Society in their submission to the Oireachtas Health Committee, their national charity's chief executive, Averill Power, described the figures as reflecting just one year of the pandemic. She also told committee members, these are real people with loved ones for whom a delayed cancer diagnosis is not a statistic. It's a whole world collapsing. Patients aren't being given the best chance of surviving cancer due to long wait times and overcrowding in the health system. Uh, the community heard that people with diagnosis that may have been picked up at a later stage due to the pandemic are having to run the gauntlet of packed hospitals to receive care and treatment, while there's also concern that others may be put off seeking medical assistance due to the chaos. For more on this, we are joined in studio by Anne Murphy, a ovarian cancer survivor and an oncology nurse for Slaunch on Chlor. And on the line, we have Seamus Cotter, who is a cancer survivor as well and chairperson of the Irish lung cancer community and you're both very welcome to the programme um, and that's an alarming number 2,600 and that's just the first year of, yeah. of, of the pandemic I, maybe you're not surprised given what was the backdrop of the pandemic but um, are you concerned or alarmed by that? Well no, we're not surprised and I think um, last October a lot of um uh, high-ranking consultants and doctors in the oncology sector in this world had noticed the fall-off or had noticed the presentation of people with later disease and had recognised it was from the time of the pandemic. You know, when you in question people, why didn't you come? What were your symptoms? How long you had them? And really, you have to remember back to 2020 and not to go on, not to go back too far and not to really bring up COVID. But the country stopped in 2020. Hospitals stopped. The fear that was um, felt by people in their homes and what they were seeing on the television, what they were being told... The language, the rhetoric was all COVID. So that fear, people fear if they've got something. We lived with this years ago in Ireland, 30 people knew they'd lumps and bumps and they were afraid to go to hospital because the rhetoric was there was a bad outcome. If I've got cancer, oh, I'm going to go in and die. Can move on to our decade now where cancer isn't, while you fear it, there's multiple treatments and options and really, really good outcomes with really, really good survival. So that fear has been, I suppose, allayed in a lot of ways. But take COVID, throw it in on top of it, people stayed away. Um, and people hadn't access to the to the services because you couldn't get to see your GP, you couldn't, you didn't want to go into casualty in case you couldn't see any of your relatives. If you thought it was something sinister, people were making the decision to stay at home because they didn't want to be in hospital alone or potentially be seriously ill on their own. They preferred to stay at home and that was a choice that was making. So last year in October, um, I think there was an article in the Times that raised this issue. This was anecdotal and they didn't have the registry figures. We have, a, you know, the National Cancer Registry here in Ireland that records all the disease that comes in, where they are, age profile, stage of disease, etc, etc. So it's very good figures that are collated. So yesterday, I think, um, Avril from the Irish Cancer Society was quoting the most recent report where now we have facts on where the, the numbers are. And this figure of 2,600, as we know, you know, 46,000 are diagnosed with cancer each year, but 26,000 of them are invasive cancers the other are kind of benign, not benign, but are skin cancers more easily treated. But the more difficult invasive like breast, prostate, you know, malignant melanoma would be um, the invasive cancers. 26,000, one in 10. There you get your figures. That's 2,600 that are down on what would normally be predicted to attend. And with a growing population and an ageing population and cancer that comes with with age, um, you know, the median age of somebody with cancer is 67 to 69 around that age. Would They would have anticipated these figures should have been higher and they're not. And that was a shortfall what they're reporting on. To catch up with these people, why do people not turn in? 
lots of reasons like I said the fear the absolute rhetoric that Covid was more frightening than cancer unfortunately cancer doesn't stop growing if you have it so the earlier you're seen the better the outcome the better the treatment options People also were locked in. So a lot of the symptoms that might have presented themselves with cancer, like excessive tiredness or change in bowel or, um, you know, breathlessness, they may have been putting it down to anxiety because of what they were watching or living in this world. Or they may not have noticed because they weren't as active as they would have been. So COVID and everything around it would have masked a lot of what would be associated normally in in more normal times with cancer. Absolutely and I know you're going to have Seamus on uh, shortly going to speak and he's a chairperson of the Lung lung, um, Advocacy Group but back way back in 2021 at the very beginning one of the big concerns was um, people with lung issues like chestiness and coughs had been referred in for a uh, investigation called bronchoscopy. They had a high fall off of people not going in because the risk of getting COVID to them was higher than the actual test itself. So now we move on in 2021. While the country started to open up, we started um, seeing what you could say, services being provided and this catch-up. But we had an erratic 2021 where it shut down suddenly again. People didn't know what to do. Um, People were waiting on procedures. Everything was shut down. So the backlog is building. So we don't know what 2021 is. But we do know that anyone in 2020 time of COVID 2021 that has symptoms. The message going out is if you have excessive tiredness, new lumps, bumps, if you've had a change in your bowel habit, if you've ulcers that haven't healed, be they in your mouth or on your skin, um, if you've had a change in your urinary output or notice a frequency of it, male or female, a change in colour, anything that persists for longer than two to three weeks warrants an investigation by your GP and a visit. And if that visit, you know, is um, difficult you have to really kind of advocate and push for yourself to go it's not too late because the earlier you can be treated you know the earlier um, the better the outcomes don't hide behind it I think we don't want to send the rhetoric out it's too late you know you didn't go in 2020 it is not it's a catch up programme please if you've got symptoms go to your GP the treatments are there Um, I suppose an example of that is you know five year survival for breast cancer is 94% at stage one and at stage four it's 19% so the earlier you catch it the better yeah the earlier you catch it and I suppose that ties in with a lot of the screening programmes and you'll be familiar with them whether it's cervical screening, breast screening, the bowel programme where people are sent packages in the post to send a specimen of their stool. You know, last year they had the best figures ever where they said, you know, the outcomes of bowel had improved so much that it had dropped to the third most worst mm. cancer, you know, because people are being proactive with their health care, they're sending in their stool assessments, they were getting their colonoscopies, they were being diagnosed earlier, they were getting treatment and the outcomes are better. Um, but there was a big pause at that time because nobody knew what was happening. You have to remember there was no vaccinations. Yeah. The world was showing awful images to everybody. Um, but the catch-up programme like screening, etc., they're doing really well. And that's why, you know, the outcome with breast cancer is slow-growing, um, screening programmes, recognising a lump of change in your breast, good health promotion so people are aware and getting earlier um, treatment. They're getting okay. being assessed by experts and getting a good pathway of care. That's okay, um, I'll bring Seamus in at this point. And Seamus, what are your thoughts on this? And in particular, that point uh, that, that Anne made, you know, that... Uh, Obviously, uh, COVID and the symptoms associated with it maybe would have masked a lot of uh, what people would normally associate with various forms of cancer. And in particular, uh, you know, the one you would have most focus on, uh, lung cancer. Yeah, um, I suppose Anne, Anne brought up a, a lot of very valid points there. Um, people, 
um, had a lot of anxiety over um, attending their doctors, attending any sort of um, screening events or, or formal events outside of uh, their, their normal circles or their, their, their quite narrow circles. Um, the, the most important thing for me, I think, is that, um, as Anne said, that if you have any symptoms that uh, don't go away or, or um, that you're concerned about, that you go to your doctor, you uh, get them investigated. Um, there are there, there's anxiety about the the long waiting list in hospitals and trying to get beds and so on. But if you go in through the correct pathways, um, then you will be looked after. And as uh, for for um, concerns about uh, lung cancer, then there is rapid access lung clinics which um, you would go directly to and not towards A&E. Um, the, the point about um, finding the cancer at an early stage is really, really important, and it can't be emphasised enough. Um, the survival rates for uh, early stage are, are um, quite low at the moment, especially for, for lung cancer, um, because lung cancer presents in in certain ways that it can be confused for other conditions. Um, however, if you if you are caught early, there are a lot more treatment options. There's um, there's surgery, there's chemo, radiation, and immunotherapy. Um, whereas if it's caught at late stage, um, it's your your treatment options are a lot more narrow. And um, the prospects are more difficult. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The earlier uh, it's caught, the better. And you want to come in on that? Yeah. And just and you know, I'm just reinforcing exactly what Seamus says. But just to also say um, that if you do have symptoms, even if it has been persistent for too long, and you feel well, there's no point now because, you know, I've left this go for a year. There are still treatments there and the, it's still available and there is still support there. Um, and like the oncology cancer teams have saying, the hospitals are still there and they're the experts in the field. Accessing was difficult during this COVID time, but the fast track pathways that Seamus talks about is through your GP who will say, you know, I feel this is sinister, we may need to see, and they would go to rapid access breast or rapid access lung. Um, there's a time frame for it. Um, so please, if you think you've left it too long, it is still worth visiting because that's important for for getting your treatment and for your symptoms um, to manage that. Now, I do know at the moment, again, the health service has been in such a crisis and we're, we're seeing the, rap- the rhetoric from COVID to now to the ED room and the emergency room. And, you know, questions have been raised that people are presenting in emergency departments with advanced cancer. That's the first time they've been seen. That was a typical a long time ago in Ireland, a decade ago. Okay. To see this again is really worrying that people are, and what, what we talk about presenting in, in emergency departments, they're going in vomiting, they're sick, they may have a bowel obstruction, an advanced bowel um, problem or urinary, they're, you know, they're not able to pass water or something, it's an advanced disease. Seeing that is very, very worrying. 
but it still warrants, you know, that that um, that visit by the doctors. But please, please do go. But in terms of the emergency department, I just want to say this, and Seamus brings it up, people are afraid to go in because they think they're not going to get a bed. It's already compounded and there is an overlie. And a big thing that the Irish Cancer Society and the National Cancer Control Programme, etc., in trying to, to streamline or to better improve our cancer services here and our outcomes, because we were on a really good pathway of excellence. We were on a really good pathway of improving our outcomes outcomes and treatment options. We have wonderful clinical expertise that have huge research. They're bringing the best evidence back to this country. But they're calling that we ring fence cancer services because how can you compete if a man presents or a woman in an ED department with a major bowel obstruction secondary to cancer and he needs to go to theatre but he also needs an ICU bed to recover from it. And if you're competing with COVID and respiratory and A&E accidents there has to be dedicated time because cancer treatments are surgery, radiation, chemotherapy and immunotherapy and surgery doesn't happen without theatre time and theatre time doesn't happen without ICU and HDU because they need serious um, input from medical healthcare teams to recover from it. The the trajectory of chemotherapy and radiation and immunotherapy has changed the pathway of patients because they're going in ambulatory as outpatients. So that's not as significant. It's getting those tests, having access to beds, ring fencing, theatre time and recovery for cancer patients that need that surgery now. That's created such a problem, hasn't it? Because there were people who put off getting checked out during COVID and it has turned out, you know, to be cancer. The, the, you know, it's been caught later, which obviously yeah. the, the options are, are narrower. But now the, we're seeing the over the situation with the hospitals now, the overcrowding, the wait times. 14% of cancers are now diagnosed in the emergency department, yeah, which is ver- very, very concerning. Um, and, you know, that, as Avril Power put it herself, you know, these diagnoses that may have been picked up at a later stage because of the pandemic, they're having to run the gauntlet mm-hmm. of packed hospitals to receive care and treatment. It's just so, it's such a messy situation. It is a messy situation, but again, Ellen, I also want to say that people that delayed themselves in presentation, please don't feel guilty. Please don't feel embarrassed because you knew you had something and then you were afraid to go in and then it came to the point where you have an option. Please, nobody judges anybody. We are hearing the same story. I'm hearing it at the centre. People that had symptoms, they couldn't get into their GP. You have to remember, a lot of these um, first reviews were teleconference or on phones. You can't, for someone needs medical examination, it has to be in person. Um, And so when you get a call and you got a script and you followed process, you know, then that you put it away because nobody's listening to you. Please just understand, don't be embarrassed, don't be afraid, please come through um, to your GP and you will be looked after. You know, don't be afraid of the ED. When, you, when you're hearing one message, it's almost like a brainwashing at times. But really, you're your best advocate, a voice, a speech, make your appointment, get seen, and we'll get followed through with it. And we also say Clare Cancer Support, and we've had many, many calls with people that are having difficulties or in stress or waiting times for investigations, etc. We'll give them support and we'll advocate on their behalf to the best we can or guide them if we can and give them that support so they can make the right decisions and get into the, the pathway to get their treatment as soon as possible and afterwards. And can I also say, I know they talk about the delays a lot of people went through cancer treatments in 2020 with absolutely no support they were diagnosed in that absolute um, barren hospital you weren't allowed to talk to anybody Um, you didn't sit beside somebody with chemo, you were isolated in a room we didn't know what we were dealing with so a lot of people went through a very very lonely journey to get their treatment they finished their treatment a year later because cancer treatments take about a year and some are still ongoing 
but they haven't met the connections that the person prior to COVID might have had or the supports. And so there's a lot of pieces being picked up at the moment because they didn't get the information at the time. They didn't understand the support that's there. So we okay. are seeing that in Clare Cancer Support. Please do come forward if you're struggling with the stress of living through that time and uh, a treatment through that time. Okay, right. let me put that to Seamus. Are you, are you seeing that as well with, with lung cancer patients, Seamus, the point Anne's making there, that they missed out on a lot of those supports early on and even, well, I'm sure you'd agree with Anne that if you have put off getting something checked out, uh, you don't feel embarrassed, get it checked out, but it must still be worrying for those with lung cancer to be dealing with the hospital situation the way it is at the moment. Well, any time you get a diagnosis of, of cancer, it's going to be an awful shock to, to yourself and your family. And um, Anne makes a really good points there about um, the, the difficulties that people have faced and the isolation that people have faced. And it's, um, it, it is something that's been seen in the community. Um, that people haven't known where to turn to um, and places like the Clare Cancer Support Centre um, are, are really um, perform a, a, re- a very valuable service um, in filling that gap and organisations like my own, the Irish Lung Cancer Community, you know, we try and connect people, we try and, and advise people uh, as much as we can and, and give them a little bit of direction. And, you know, even if it's only for someone to connect with someone who understands what they're going through, it's, it's really valid. Okay. Um, the, the other point I'd like to, to um, finish on is that um, science has come an awful long way in the last 10 years. And even for advanced cancer situations, I know for, for um, lung cancer itself, that there's been huge advances made. And in only the last 10 years, there's been more than 20 new treatments approved for the treatment of, of lung cancer and advanced situations. So there is hope out there. And if you have any concerns about your health, then you need to advocate for yourself. You need to go to your doctor and you need to follow through on um, any advice that's given. Okay, and just to finish with yourself, then, and it is World Cancer Day on Saturday, which is such an important day and occasion on the calendar anyway. Um, but I guess its uh, importance is heightened by everything we've just been, been mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, so World Cancer Day is 4th of February. Um, it's about raising awareness about cancer. And I suppose just to understand, um, you know, four out of ten cancers are preventable through lifestyle changes. So understanding the health promotion, health education, some of the changes you can make that can reduce, reduce your risk of getting a, a cancer, such as smoking, to give up smoking, we know that has um, links to a lot, of, um, a lot of cancers, better for your health, better diet, um, more vegetables we're hearing all the time, you know, less mm. fats. Um, going for your health checks, really, really important. Alcohol came up really big there about two weeks ago, I don't know if you'd covered it, in terms of risk with breast cancer. Um, and it's not about the amount, it's about, you know, moderation, um, awareness of what increases your risk of developing a cancer and maybe making some lifestyle changes would be really, really good. Um, But also understanding, again, as I said at the very beginning, World Cancer Awareness Day is 
cancer presents itself in many, many forms of a person. It may be tiredness, unusual, ulcers, any lumps or bumps that present anywhere, neck, groin, armpits um, around the abdomen, lymph nodes that are swollen, warrants an investigation, any ulcer in your mouth, um, a lesion that isn't healing, a swelling that has been been treated repeatedly by antibiotics, warrants further investigation. Your bowel that isn't working correctly warrants an investigation. (laughs) I know I'm going through the systems now, but same for your bladder, if your urinary output, be it prostate, if you've increased frequency at night or during the day, if you've got changing colour of urine or stool warrants investigation. Don't try and rationalise it's only because I did this. It's only because I pulled that. It's only because if it doesn't go away in three, two to three weeks it warrants it. an investigation. Okay. And to leave on a very positive note on World Cancer Day as well, as Seamus said, all these extra treatments with lung cancer we've advanced so much. We have wonderful researchers. There is huge hope out there. There is huge progress in disease. So that's a really good positive note on World Cancer Day. We're making progress but come in if you're concerned so you can be treated and go on to live a good and healthy life. That is what we aim for and that's what we hope for in the world of cancer.